this week on KTSC Air, we taught Antonio Brown to be exposed for a fake COVID card, an update on the Travis Scott tragedy, uh, the tragic murder of Young Dolph, along with who makes better songs, Stupid Pharrell or Stupid Dr. Dre. Also, our NFL team updates, the Falcons are trash. Um, Cardi B doing everything but releasing her sophomore album. Uh, my thoughts on Silk Sonic, some anime talk, and more. If people go back and are like, hey, what happened with the... I remember hearing about like some kid traveling across state lines with a rifle. He killed two people and shot one guy. How did that all end? Oh, yeah, nothing happened. No, no crime. No harm. Like, nothing... What's the point? I hate you. Word glutton for pain. Yo, what's the voice out three seven oh six? This is KTSC Ave, episode eighty, where we don't do nothing, we just kick it. We're waiting on Mr. Savage to arrive, aka the Tech Messiah. But while we're waiting for him, we're we're gonna talk, we're gonna do the our team's updates first. Um, I'll let Marcus go first because his team is actually doing positive things out in the NFL landscape. So what's what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts? Um, they're not doing that great. They just seem to beat bad teams. Like they beat the Jags and the Jets, and they tend to play up to the competition. Like they haven't really, outside of Week One, they haven't really got blown out by anybody. Like they, it was a one one score game against the Rams, uh, one score game against the Ravens. One score game against the Titans both times, and we've played we played up to the level of our competition. I feel like, and we in I think I saw a, a stat or something. They showed like what every team's record would be if every game's ended in the third quarter. And the Colts right now are five and five, and I think if every game we played ended in the third quarter, we'd be like seven and two or something like that. Like we'd have a winning like a, we'd be a playoff team right now, but. We've blown a lot of leads, so it's not going not going great. But you know, we got a pretty good test against Buffalo tomorrow. So, I mean, if, uh, with the Bills, so anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. So, hoping and praying. Hope thoughts and prayers. Well, what is not possible is for the Falcons to field a competent team as we proceeded to embarrass ourselves on national TV on Thursday night. Uh, being shut out for the first time since 1988 as we lost to the New England Patriots uh, 25 to a whopping zero points. If you're out there keeping score, over the last two games, the Falcons have averaged 1.5 points as we scored zero points Thursday and three points the week before. Let that sink in. Like for all the embarrassing records that the Falcons have, the whole 28 to 3 thing, um, you know, when Julio was here, him getting a bunch of yards, no touchdowns. Currently, uh, we have the quote-unquote unicorn who is on a milk carton for most games as he's bracket coverage and taking out of the game. But again, for a unicorn, I figure you should be able to beat that stuff because Julio seemed to take care of that, but that's neither here nor there. But a- another record I think the Falcons have have brought life to is having three quarterbacks throw interceptions in the same game. The last eight possessions were four picks for the Falcons on offense. That's insane. I was in the house dying. Shout out to Jay, and we were both laughing on Twitter because, like, again, if I'm on Dirty Bird Nation Report soon, I'm probably going to talk about it. If not, this will be my takes. But there's a lot of revisionist history going on on Twitter, especially in Falcons Twitter, because we were can't come in 
What's up, Jim? We came in and we were sold a bill of goods from Arthur Smith and a lot of the people in Falcons land with their narratives and their projections for this team. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we need talent. We're not a good team. Uh, we need to rebuild. We need to blow it up, yada, 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 yada. And I get it that, like, perspectives change, things change, you get new information. But there were people at the beginning of the season trying to tell you this, and, you know, they were kind of ran off into the woods. And now, once reality is setting in, this is a terrible team, possibly, well, it is a terrible franchise. A lot of people are starting to take Marcus's take that Arthur Smith is the problem. Oh, wow. That Arthur Smith needs to sell the team. I'm like, <laughs> wow, we, we've really gotten to this point. Oh, Uncle Arthur, he's he's they're not they're not digging his vibe no more. They're not they're not rocking with your man no more. Damn, the stadium was empty. It it was embarrassing, man. Like just from top to bottom. Let, let me get this link out. Hold up. Well, honestly, I don't like I don't care about that. Like I don't care if fans don't show up to the game. Like if you're a Falcons fan, things aren't going good. Don't show up to the game. That's the only way you're gonna get like these owners to do something. Like if you're if you're a Lions fan out there. Do not watch their games. Do not give them any of your money. Like, for what? They're owing whatever. They haven't had a playoff appearance in years or whatever. Like, they're just not good, and they haven't shown any competence, and you're still going to give them your money? For what? Fuck that team, man. Like, until they do right by you, (laughs) like, stop showing up, stop paying them their money. And it's just like, for, for the Falcons specifically, it's like, what was the plan? Like, because you can kind of, and and it, it's not fair for the GM and the head coach because it is their first year, and and you, it's almost like when you become the president, where your first year you have to spend that entire year trying to undo everything that previous regime did. So it's like, okay, you got to give them a little bit of grace, but even still, with the moves that they've made, the draft picks they made, does anybody see a vision? Does anybody see like? A semblance of a plan because it seems like it's just going to be like, hey, we're going to ride with Matt Ryan until this thing just falls off. And not saying that Matt Ryan is bad or he's not good. Like I still, I still think he's a top ten quarterback. But it's like, what is it that you're trying to do? What is the move here? What's the plan? What's the future of this team look like? And I personally don't see it, but like I'm sure if you talk to someone like Eric or Jalen or someone like that, they'd probably be more in tune with that kind of stuff as far as draft pick draft pick wise but as an outsider looking in i'm like all right this team has a lot of holes and they could have filled a few of those holes by uh trading down in a heavy quarterback class if um they weren't going to take a quarterback and i think that's something that gift said she was like i remember them doing the Dirty Bird Nation report, and they were talking about, hey, what should the Falcons do in the draft? And she was always like, either draft a lineman or trade down. And you could have did both. You could have traded down and got probably a top whatever lineman. So it's like, I like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is probably still the best player in that draft, most talented player. But if you did, have you seen that meme that's floating around where it's like it's a, it's a quarterback and it has uh, Panay Sewell yeah, the offensive lineman blocking, and it has Matt Ryan just throwing, and it says anybody, like he's throwing it to anybody. And then the other uh, below that picture, it's a photo of Matt Ryan getting sacked, and in front of him, it says anybody because the person can't block, and it says Kyle Pitts down the field not catching the pass because Matt Ryan has no blocking. So it's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Matt Ryan would have made any tight end good. He he made Hayden Hurts really good. 
Well, that goes back to your thing about the vision and what we were sold. First and foremost, this this franchise, Arthur Smith knew that Julio Jones was going to be gone, right? Before the draft, he knew Julio wanted out and they had a plan to get him out of here. All right, cool. Uh, shout out to Aaron Freeman. Uh, check out uh, Lockdown Falcons. But he made a good point months ago that Julio Jones was the son of the Falcon solar system, right, as far as an offensive identity. Because at the end of the day, Julio's going to get busy. You know, I know he's having his issues right now in Tennessee with his injuries, but they're clearly still a, a good enough team to not need to rely on him, unlike the Falcons, right? So I think the idea – I think the idea is that if they could have got another one of the quarterbacks, allegedly was Trey Lance, they would have pulled the trigger on him, which it is what it is now. But I think the idea that the branding, which, again, the media ruins everything and it, and it projects just to get stories. But they hold they branded Kyle Piss Unicorn with all the measurables and the stats, which is great. No shade against him. But that gave the Falcons fans expectations that he could come in and be, you know, a productive, not, he's, pr- he, productive. he's going to, he, he'll be a pro bowler. He's going to be the pro, yeah. pro bowler. Yeah. But the, the idea was he was a unicorn. You can line him on the outside. You can pretty much put him in, anywhere and have him be successful. And, and that's not been the case. Right. So, okay, cool. You got Calvin Ridley. That kind of does what it does. You know, shout out to him. Hopefully he gets well with his issues. But then you also still have Hayden Hurst. So, okay, cool. No Julio. You still have Hayden Hurst, who was a competent NFL tight end last year. You're bringing in the quote-unquote unicorn. You have Calvin Ridley. And then you have the emergence of uh, Cordero Patterson, who is the true unicorn of this team, right? And in two games, let's let's go down, let's go down the roster, the schedule. Eagles game, they scored th- six points, right? Let's see. I guess the Panthers, they scored 13 points. Against the Cowboys, three points. And against the Patriots, zero points. So we did not have Cordero Patterson, which makes a huge difference. But irregardless of that, like Marcus was saying, like, what was the plan? Like, Hayden Hurst has essentially been turned into a ghost, right? Kyle Pitts, at the very least, since he's being bracketed and, and gaining more attention, Where's where's the scheme or the plays that says, hey, well, since Kyle Pitts is going to take this attention, let's scheme open Hayden Hurst or Russell Gage, who's who's gone two games, I think, with zero catches. Well, there's no reason for Kyle Pitts to be on the sideline and to not be involved in like multiple drives to not be in in the red zone. I'm not saying throw it to him every play, but he has to no, be on the field. He's drafted number four. Yes, throw it to him every play. Like, yeah, earlier in the season, there were a couple instances where he was not in the in the game in, like, entire red zone drives. I think the first three plays of the game against the uh, Cowboys – or, yeah, against the Cowboys, he wasn't um, – I'm sorry, the Patriots, he wasn't in the game. Like, I – Well, even if it's a thing where – even if you're a rookie and it's just like, hey, he doesn't know the playbook, well – have some have you know tell Matt Ryan like hey every time you call a play you tell Kyle Pitts what he's supposed to do like you let him know what he's supposed to do like you make sure he is on the field because like you said just based on his measurables based on what he did in college I mean he can he's he's something he's someone that defensive coordinators have to game plan for or he should be so him being out there is going to take attention away from somebody from Calvin Ridley or Russell Gage or Cordell Patterson. But even with Patterson, 
that wasn't the plan. That couldn't have been the plan to be like, Yo, hey, so this no, guy no, is no. going to be our guy. He's going to lead us in rushing, receiving, catching, touchdowns, punt return, kick returns. That couldn't have been the plan for the for your your one one of your free agent signings that you he signed for one year, right? Yeah. On a vet minimum, probably. That wasn't the plan for him to be the leader in every category. That couldn't have been the plan. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, he tweeted out that he was coming to Atlanta to play with Julio. So, oh my uh, God. And, 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 you know, hindsight's 2020. This offense would have looked crazy with Julio, Cordero Patterson, <laughs> Kyle Pitts. But I think if Julio was here, then maybe Cordero Patterson may not have got the usage. So it, it worked out for him. Like, I'm looking up receiving, right? Cordero Patterson is the second-leading receiver on the team, and he's only four receptions behind Kyle Pitts, and he's only played one less game. So, essentially, Cordero Patterson was the leading receiver on the team, I guess, receptions-wise. Kyle Pitts has much more targets, but Cordero Patterson does more with less. He also has 290 yards after the catch. This couldn't have been the plan. It couldn't have been. Yeah, it's irresponsible. It, it is irresponsible. And there's people in Falcons Twitter that, I mean, before all, all, all things have gone to hell recently, were lauding Arthur Smith as his offensive guru. Like, oh, yeah, Arthur Smith, he unlocked Cordero Patterson. He's the only one who was able to do it. Oh, look at him, look at him. Like, we're not watching the same games. Like, with Cordero Patterson, it's literally put the ball in his hands and he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get yards. Like, I haven't seen any great schematics or great plays or any game plans where like, hey, we we scheme this up to get Cordero Patterson some yards. This pretty much Cordero Patterson going out there and getting his own buckets. And I said this on the Durban Nation report, and I, I might have to backtrack it because it's looking like they're going to run him into the ground and be have him injured <laughs> where nobody else wants to sign him next year. But if he's healthy and, and continues to play at this level, he's not going to beat the Falcons. But if he he's not able to play like he wasn't last week, and his numbers start to go down, he, he'll probably have to resign. But this is this is malpractice. This is malpractice. No, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't force. I, and I hope I'm wrong. I just don't foresee him getting that payday because he hasn't had this type of production. But also, teams haven't felt the need to use him like this. Like they are using Cordell Patterson like he's. I don't know, like Marshall Falk back in 2001. Like they're throwing it to him. He's running it. He's doing everything. He is like he he's a talented player, but there's no reason for you as a team that has Kyle Pitts when you had Calvin Ridley and um, Hayden Hurst. There's no reason for Cordell Patterson to be getting that many touches. Like if and granted, we you know Julio's not there, so we're not going to see what it's like, but. If Julio's there, Cordell Patterson probably has the same amount of yards and production. He probably just has fewer touches because he has uh, less cut. Like, people are like, he's not a person you game plan for, but now he's just like, hey, this is the Falcons guy. Like, he's there. He's the man here now. And this wasn't, and Matt Ryan, honestly, he should be pissed. He should be pissed. They've given him a piss poor line. Like, if, they, did you not study your team? Like, as a GM, when you came into this team, did you look at the film from last season and say, you know what, this offensive line is good enough? Well, the, so, and people were now, again, revisions history going back in time saying, like, oh, we haven't hit on the line. We we spent a third this year and a first, I believe, two years ago on offensive linemen. 
So I'm not going to put it all like everybody wants to go back now and blame Thomas Dimitrov, which I've been saying he's been suspect for quite some time. But now people are like, oh, it's Thomas Dimitrov's fault. I'm not going to blame everything on him. Like, there's still coaching that goes into this. Like, these guys do not seem prepared to play. Like, across the board. And I've seen people tweeting out like, oh, you can't blame Arthur Smith and Oh, the whole Matt Ryan doesn't deserve this narrative, which nope, I don't see who online is saying Matt Ryan does deserve this. And to me, that's just a ploy to get retweets. Um, but like, if you can't blame Arthur Smith, then who else do you blame for nine penalties for 72 yards? Who takes the blame for that? I mean, usually teams that have better high end penalties are usually, uh, and it, it's going to sound crazy saying it, but they're usually the more undisciplined teams. But if you, I think if you look it up, I think right now the team that's leading the league in penalties is like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's like, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt, but it's like, well, that's them. Like they can, they can, when you have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, uh, Chris, no, not Chris Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, um, and that defense, you can afford to make more mistakes. You can afford those penalties because you can make those things up. When you have a bad team, you can't afford to have that many penalties and still survive it. You can't. So you can't put Matt Ryan in first and fifteen with that offensive line. And yet, it the players aren't good, at least on the offensive line. But as a head coach, if your offensive line is not good, you can't be calling five, seven step dropbacks. Can't do it. You can't do it when you got a receiver that's five nine. It ain't gonna work. Like you got to call something quick or put him in a shotgun. You got to maybe move the pocket, something. And, and that and that comes to game plan. You got to be able to make adjustments. This is what you have. You have. Man, it's, they're not it's, getting any. They're, they're not getting better. That's the thing. So it's just like, if if you're if you're a fan listening, you have to give him at least one more year to see. Like, all right, I can kind of see a plan formulating. But if he goes into the next draft, to the next free agency, which is going to be tr- terrible for him because their cap is pretty is still pretty bad. And he doesn't address the main issue, was which is the offensive line and probably quarterback depth. Then it's really time to start asking some questions. Well, he was sold as his offensive guru is going to come in. We needed an offensive-minded head coach to unlock the the last years of, of Matt Ryan's career, and I get it. And I'm not even give the Julio thing because he knew Julio wanted out. So like you came into this knowing this, and you were sold like, oh, this isn't a rebuild, all that jazz. And tying back to the penalties thing, a lot of people in Falcons Twitter were all up in arms because apparently Dan Quinn coddled players and all that all that stuff. And uh, Arthur Smith was out here having players running laps for having penalties. Like, oh, look at him. He's look at he's so much different than Dan Quinn. He's he's holding these players accountable. Looks like those laps did not help at all because we're still making the same mistakes we, make, we were making earlier in the season. So, well, you can't hold bad players accountable. <laughs> like you can't make you can't make well you can hold them accountable, but holding them accountable isn't going to make them better. If you're a bad player, you're bad. If you can't block the man in front of you, if you can't get open, if you can't cover, if you can't run block, if you can't run defend, no amount of laps is going to change that. You're just not good enough. Then that's what it is. But just to kind of wrap this up, it's we were we were. We weren't great last year, but our offense and our team looked much better with most of the roster. I think he replaced a lot of people, but it's it's not getting better, like you said. And, and the idea was to bring in this this new coaching staff, and everything would be hunky dory, as they say. But anywho, 
to the real topics. Mr. Yes, Chad, because fuck Falcons. all of the Atlanta Falcons and their Twitters and everything they stand for, uh, just to let you guys know. I hate y'all, and I hate the Georgia Atlanta fans. You guys are delusional as hell and a bunch of cocksuckers, just to let you know. Oh, I mean, if that's how they live in this, that's fine. But, um, yeah, yeah, I did see, like, Georgia was playing Charleston Southern. I'm like, why are y'all watching this game? <laughs> I saw that game, your man, uh, Jordan Davis, uh, a one-yard touchdown, and they just went crazy, like, that was the most unathletic one-yard touchdown I've ever seen. <laughs> that shit was bad, sloppy. But he is a large human being, so um, maybe a future Falcon. But again, if we're that high enough to get him, I'm I'm team trade back. We need bodies in here. But anywho, sticking with the NFL, uh, Marcus brought it up with the Tampa Bay having uh, great players like Antonio Brown. Oh God! Out here flexing with the fake COVID card, like, bruh, you make too much money to be cut cut out here with the. With the fucking McLovin COVID card, dog. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Okay, my, my thing is, is I, I'm about to look it up right now, but have the Buccaneers said anything about this? Have they addressed uh, what Antonio Brown has done? Is he out? Is he been... Yeah, he's out. out. Is he out because of that, or...? I, I don't know if it's because of that, but I, I know he's out. Okay, because it, it, it kind of seemed like that whoever his former whoever just said like hey this antonio brown didn't pay me uh he also has a fake COVID card like did anybody confirm that before reporting it or did they just take this man's word or this person's word for it i'm not i'm not accusing anybody of anything but i'm curious about that like did espn just be like oh well someone says something about antonio brown so it must be true because he's everything anybody else has ever said about him is true so this is this should be a good store to get some clicks up. Like, have they? Because you can, you can. They give you like a lot number on your vaccine card, and you can trace it back to whatever. So they it shouldn't be that hard to do it. So this should have been a quick, e- a quick, a quick, easy confirmation. Like, is it real or not? Instead of just reporting it and just like, well, that's what the guy said. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what they said. So ESPN is saying he's been accused of obtaining a fake COVID card, but they're saying he will not play due to a ankle injury. Yeah, it says ankle. So that kind of seems irresponsible to me as a yeah. as a news outlet because it's like you haven't confirmed it. You know what I'm saying? Like either either it is fake or it's not. Not he's been accused. Like who? Like who cares? Like if I come out and say Tom Brady has a fake COVID card, like does that hold the same amount of weight just because I don't work for him? Like, nah, that's I, I don't I don't know if I I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it, it seems like just uh, again, a lot of people trying to get clicks and views and all that stuff, but you know. Yeah, but it's ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean he wouldn't strike me as a person to get a fake COVID card, but you know, I've seen stranger things. But I, I know there's probably more athletes out there with the fake card for reasons that I do not understand, but you know, hope they don't get packed up. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. Let's see. Da, 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 da. That's that's hilarious. But um, yeah, stay vaxxed up. I know that uh, boosters are authorized for everybody over 18 now. So if you're, you're feeling like you want to get boosted up, you know, tap in with your local pharmacist. 
Yeah, Ooh. maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I've been feeling tired lately. I need that booster. I need, I need another hit. Let me quick fix. I need that 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 second five G. Yes. Right. Hopefully, this third dose will give me like a mutated arm or spider senses or something. It wasn't yeah. on the it wasn't on the list, but uh, maybe oh, I later. forgot about that. Yeah, maybe yeah. later we'll talk about the Spider Man trailer. I forgot the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our, our producer L, who's, who's slipping. Who's <laughs> the, the biggest, the biggest story of the week. Because I know I said that. I know I said that. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. But just an update from uh, I think last week. Whenever we talked about Travis Scott, uh, apparently uh, Travis Scott, uh, Apple, and Live Nation were all sued for uh, two billion dollars <laughs> for the uh, injuries at the Astro World concert. Uh, Pretty much saying he incited a frenzy. Uh, let's see, there are 282 uh, plaintiffs and uh, 120 other concert attendees joined the case. Uh, it's not looking good for Mr. Scott uh, for for this uh, for this habitual line stepping with him inciting this this violence and rage at these concerts. And I mean, that's a wild. That's that's a as far as from a management perspective, that's a, a very risky brand to have for your artists. Because again, like, let's say just one person got injured. Like, are they making that much money where they can afford the pay lawsuits out like that? Right? Now you have multiple people dying, which is like going to be the natural progression from people acting a fool because history has shown this. So. Well, I think I mean, the more the more i read about it the more i'm just like this should have never even taken place like you talk about like who was hired for security i think it was they were just hiring people over text message no resumes or nothing people with zero experience uh it was like uh one i think they did the math it was like one security guard per like 300 people and it's just like that's not enough it's just not enough and the, I guess some of the EMTs or some of the medics or people responsible for, you know, actually saving lives were not trained, not prepared, didn't have everything they needed. Like, it, it's just a lot of the more stuff I read about it, the more I'm just like, man, this is a bad look for every not just Travis this is bad. And, and not just like, obviously, the people that were going crazy in the crowd, like those people are just psychopaths. Like, there's no reason to behave in that kind of manner. But if that is to happen, you have to have security and ambulances and medical professionals there and prepared to deal with it. And they just did not seem prepared for that. It's a bad look for everybody. Two billion dollars is a very ridiculous amount. Like to me, I understand the nine or 10 people that passed away and definitely RIP to them. And I guess the hundreds of people that were injured, two billion dollars is a lot. I could see a couple million, uh, maybe 20 million total, two mil piece for the people that passed away. Two billion dollars is a lot of money. That's just fucking ridiculous. A bunch of people just trying to grab some cash. He'll probably settle for much less. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a sad thing that happened, but this is the first time that mosh pits or people have been trampled, ran over, or lost their lives at these type of events. I mean, how can you hold him responsible? Um, to me, Live Nation should be the ones that they're really targeting. I don't know if they're like a, a co-defendant on the on the claim. I'm not sure because I didn't read it and somebody didn't put the 
the notes in the chat, so I don't know what the fuck's going on. But it's just ridiculous. Like two billion dollars. We did put the notes in the chat, but okay. I don't see any notes at all in the private chat. <laughs> oh, oh, that chat. Yeah, it's nah, just it's a description, but I sent it the text. Anywho, but now, nah, like, funny oh, you say that. So I just looked up an article from Billboard.com where Chuck D. It's pretty much saying what you're saying. Like he said that I'm tired of these corporations shucking most of their crucial responsibilities. These folks simply say rest in peace, move on. This negligence can't continue. Folks want answers. I'm not buying the young black man did it. Says Chuck D. He's being blamed on a crime while old white men running the corpse that Travis and his fans trusted with their lives stay quiet in the shadows, counting their money and watching their stock prices go up. So and, and that's what I was saying. Like as a management company, this whole brand that you were selling was kind of walking on eggshells, yet they still did it. And then essentially they're going to throw Travis Scott under the bus. But yeah, that's uh, hella problematic on, on their part. But And with the $2 billion, again, they're just going to start high, send a message. But of course, they're, they're not going to really get $2 billion. But we got to shoot for the moon, you know? I respect it, but... Yeah, that that's a, a bad look for him. Some people say his career might be over. I don't, I don't think that's the case. because clearly he has a loyal fan base, uh, people that enjoy his music and his content. Again, I don't know any of those people, but they're they show up and they show out. So I mean, I think I think he could lose. I think he could lose sponsors. I, and I'm not sure if he has he even lost sponsors because I know he has big names behind him. He has like well, McDonald's and Nike. Well, yeah, Nike postponed the drop of one of his. Uh, Signature sneakers. So okay, so they're they're just gonna wait for the heat to, to die down. Yeah, like they haven't canceled. They haven't canceled. Coming yeah, they haven't canceled anything. They haven't you know distanced themselves from him. So to say his career is over is, hey man, money talks, man. Like that was a huge crowd out there for him. So if I'm a corporation, I'm 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 not saying I'm hoping that I wouldn't do this, but I'm saying speaking from like a corporate side. You look at that crowd base, that crowd, and all you see is dollar signs. Like, yeah, you look at it like, okay, well, we had, you know, 100,000 people show up and we and only nine people died and we have to pay out maybe $3 million. Like, that's a, it's not too bad of a trade-off, I guess, if I'm speaking from their perspective. Like, they could they could justify it in that manner. But like, now, now with all this, now his, his shoes are going to be even more rare. You know what I'm saying? Like, now people are going to really want his his products because of the fear that he might get canceled. So it's like if you have his shoes, they're more valuable. So now we can kind of maybe run up the price a little bit. Um, I don't know. His next album is going to do probably crazy numbers now because of this. People are going to want to check out what he has to say. Maybe he addresses it. Maybe he doesn't. Whatever. But, I mean, has he lost any followers on social media? Has he has anybody? Like he's And he's got a lot of money. He's got that Kardashian cloud of whatever around him so he's pretty well, well insulated and protected they, they were taking him out of the next season of keeping up with kardashians like all the scenes on him in it so well it's the last season though so they probably don't want that to overshadow it but i mean it's yeah. the last season so i don't know i don't watch the show so yeah shout out to the people who watch that because that show's been on for quite some time it's like, it's like 20 years never seen a single second of that show not a, not one <laughs> really you never have no nah. Nah, not not for me. Shout out to Kim Kardashian. She's, apparently, she's dating uh, Pete Davidson now. So definitely an odd odd couple. 
Yeah, we're we're definitely in the multiverse. Like this can't be <laughs> this can't be regular. Like every nothing that has happened since the pandemic started has made sense. Nothing. The Kardashians <laughs> are ridding themselves of niggers. Basically. <laughs> oh, let's just God. be honest. They are. Travis Scott <laughs> is next. Okay. They got their multiracial babies and they're out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I did I did hear that theory though. I have heard that before. On the dark web. Okay. That's <laughs> shout out to Bitcoin. Ah. But yeah, you know, sticking on entertainment, uh, I, I've looked into this a little bit, but uh, another person's content I have never consumed, uh, R.I.P. Young Dolph. Um, the Tennessee rap scene is apparently very problematic as Young Dolph was uh, murdered outside of a uh, cookie store that he was promoting. Uh, let me pull up the name of the cookie place. Lakatus. Yeah, um, he had his uh, Lambo parked out front. Uh, he's it was a Corvette, sir. You should know. I, I, they said it was a Lambo. On a, no, uh, it was a camouflage Corvette C8. Your body was, but I went with what YouTube was telling me. But I mean, it's still an expensive ass car. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, man. Like so, he was killed out in front of the the restaurant or the cookie place. Um, and there's some theories, some some theories going on. I don't want to, you know, I mean, it's already out there, but uh, Adolphus sent me, or the Tech Messiah sent me a, a song called, that he recorded called, what, Play With Your Bitch or something like that? And I was like, oh, <laughs> and like I said, this is the first time I've ever heard from this dude. I'm like, I can see why somebody may or may not have wanted to shoot him. <laughs> like, he was talking super reckless super problematic and I, I know rappers do that but when you're kind of talking specifically about people from that area and you frequent that area with it didn't seem like you had any security right which again you shouldn't have to go to your hometown with security but again man when you're putting that type of energy out in the air not saying that you should have to worry about being shot but i mean he had been shot what shot at once and then shot three times before that, like people are clearly about that life that have problems okay. with you. Before we do that, like I, I kind of want to push back on this whole like you shouldn't have to have security in your hometown. Like obviously RIPD to um to Young Dolph. Like I've everything I've seen about him has been pretty positive. He's a he's very big in the community. Gives away like money, turkey, buys houses, pays pays for school. Gave away he gave away like a Lamborghini to some lady. And then when the lady sold it, he was like, yeah, go ahead and make that money. Like he had no problem with any of that. So and he's a he's got two young kids, you know, that are you know going to be without a father. So that's terrible. Like nobody wants to see that. Um, thankfully, he owned he owns his master. So they're they should be, you know, settled. And hopefully people are running up the streams for him for his music. But I know when when after. After after Nipsey passed, I know me and um, Gator Great on the TL were talking about bodyguards taking a day off, and should he have taken a day off? And can you, as an as anybody, as an artist, as a celebrity, as a whoever, can you afford to tell your bodyguard to take a day off? Like, if you're someone of Nipsey Hustle status or Young Dolph status or anybody status, if you tell your security guard, "Hey, take the day off," you need to have somebody. You need to have a backup guy. Like, is there like a, a secondary guy that can come in and take his place? Like, hey, 
hey, bro, I'm going to be off today. I'm going to send someone else to come watch you. Because if you're someone who has to operate on a regular day-to-day basis with security, then that's just what your life is at that point. There is no days off for your security officer. There is no days off for your security. You think Beyonce goes outside without security for one day? You think Taylor Swift goes out without security for one day or Kanye West or Jay-Z or any or Elon Musk, Bill Gates, like any of these high profile people that need security when they go out. That's what your life is. And I know that I've I've heard uh, interviews from um, previous presidents and people ask them, like, hey, what's the worst part of being the president? You know, outside of the political stuff and the job, like on a personal level, what's the worst part? And they're always like, I can't just get up and go somewhere. Like no matter where the president goes, he has to set up a secret service detail. They have to like uh, map out a, a route. They have to do all these things, make sure the area is clear. And they just can't just get in their car and just drive somewhere. And they miss that. And they can't do that for the rest of their lives. Because once you, yeah, even after you, you leave the presidency, you're stuck with, so, with, with uh, so, uh, not social security, but secret service. You're stuck with that for life. So as a celebrity, once you reach a certain moment where it's like, hey, dog, you're 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 <clears throat> you're blowing up. You're a big deal. You're famous. People recognize you. People are going to have a problem with you in, in some aspects. Now you have a you, you need a security guard. So as me, as someone that is like, hey, the security guard is here to protect me from something. I don't know what it is, but they're here to keep me alive or to. If I do get clapped in these streets, they can at least handle that. So there, there is no situation where I'm just like, hey, you know what? I don't need it today. You know what I'm saying? That's just like it's it's too risky. He's worth too much. He has too much. And I'm not I'm not trying to blame like Nipsey Hussle or Young Duff or anything because you feel like you want to be able to go back to your own hometown, your own city, your own business. You feel like you can just run up to the store and just grab some cookies real quick. You feel like you should be able to do that. But you can't. So, like, I'm just, I don't know if anybody will hear hear this, but if you're someone who has security, who pays for security, don't tell them to take the day off. Just deal with it because you have way too much to lose than to just be inconvenienced by having, you know, your security guard run you up to the the store to get some ice cream. Like, it's, it's not worth it. It's really not. Just keep them with you. So... <clears throat> and definitely that's a that's a good point and i definitely understand where you're coming from with that with the security <clears throat> i just and and to just to piggyback on that when we're talking security make sure you're getting real trained professionals not just your friends or something like that, that not the big guy on your block yeah not the big guy that you know or something like that because then that's when you end up with a ti situation where you know he lost his best friend who was a security guard because of that, if you had a real security guard, you know, Fallant would still be alive, potentially, if he wasn't riding with you. Uh, with the Dolph situation, as a person whose name is Adolphus, his name is Adolph, um, I was put on him maybe about four years ago, so I was a little late. My ex put me on him, and I seen like a viral video of uh, his hit song that put him on, Preach. And like the crowd, it, it was like a small little like a college thing they were just word for word with it um i know a lot of people may not know of Dolph uh, that would be out of the south it was a lot of people that really enjoyed his music 
Um, and with that being said, it's a lot to be, it's a lot to learn by his death. First things first, with the Makeda's cookies, a week prior, he had just said that he frequents that spot a lot. Saying that, obviously, the people that, you know, are going to be looking to kill you, I guess, knew now that, hey, this dude be in this area solo buying cookies. And that's where they killed him. He was standing in the window and they pulled up too deep, open, open fire, didn't take anything and dipped. And it's just, it's really unfortunate, but you that's why you cannot put your location or tell what you do on social media when you have that type of beef going on. As a person that has, I have, I'm not trying to glorify anything, but I've been a part of stuff like that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I made a decision to get out of some of the local areas that I'm from. I can recall 10 years ago being in Jacksonville. You know, I couldn't go in a mall without without guns being drawn. You know, Regency Square Mall, like just straight up. I seen some dudes that were against one of my homeboys that he was doing the wrong stuff. And, you know, they want to smoke whenever. And every time we would see this group, guns were being drawn. And, you know, you you wonder about that. Like when the Tupac said uh, in changes or I wonder if heaven got a ghetto, some punk that I roughed up way back, coming back after all these years, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. When you disrespect somebody um, like that song or disrespect uh, people in a certain gang or set or community, because I had heard that with him being from South Memphis, yo, God is from North Memphis, the niggas in North Memphis didn't like him. Like, at the end of the day, Memphis is not that big, you know, and and it's very dangerous, too. Obviously, they were on first 48 for 100 years or so, but it's just, it's really unfortunate. I mean, and the thing that I hate the most is when you read up about him buying these investment properties, um, you know, the way that he gave the young lady the well, $410,000 Lamborghini. Um, he did a contest. Her business was struggling due to pandemic. He pulled up to her town and handed her the pink slip. Like, that's on some real stuff right there. Like, that. that those type of intricate relationships and things that you do for people, they're going to always remember. And it's like buying up homes, giving out turkeys, giving out money. Like um, I heard about the story with the two baristas from Starbucks that played his song, Get Paid. They got fired. He flew them out, gave him 20 cash, $20,000 $20, cash a piece. Like he was really a good person that cared about his community, that cared about his family and friends. And another thing is he was a person that stayed within his race. I hate to, you know, bring that in there, but, you know, he married another sister. He had a black family. Like he was really about it. He was very business minded. I took note of like some of the, um, some of his street tactics or business tactics mindset that he has. And it's another unfortunate loss, you know, the same with Nipsey, like, you just kind of wonder, like, dang. And I know I had a conversation with one of my homeboys, you know, about Yo Gotti and would he have possibly did it. I mean, we don't know. I don't think Yo Gotti, a person that is real close with Jay-Z, would get his hands that dirty doing it. And obviously the pictures, we don't see a short, big-headed guy, this little chubby doing it. But I wish that people on social media – Stop trying to hate on, on Yo Gotti because he didn't necessarily do it. 
don't say, oh, well, you can't listen to Moneybag, yo, a black youngster, or now, of course, um, Soldier Boy, because Soldier Boy just said that he was going to you know, do something to him a week ago, which we know he didn't. It's just, it's a shame, man. It's a shame at the end of the day that we lost another brother to senseless violence. You know, um, at the end of the day, the one thing that hurts the most is Nori from Drink Champs told him the same way that Boosie has said a few years ago, you got to get out of your hometown. No, no matter what you think it is, you know, we all have been in it. You got into an argument with somebody, somebody remembers it, boom, boom, you know, they get you. I, I and I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking and talking and talking and talking, but I remember I was talking to a friend that listens to the podcast. Shout out to you. Ain't going to put your business out, your name. But this friend told me that they had went to an establishment in Jacksonville and two people from way back in the day that are siblings jumped this person for no apparent reason, just because they had beef 15 to 20 years ago. Like, Sometimes these people just don't let that stuff go. And it's it's just really unfortunate and it's really senseless. You know, we're, we're trying to do the best we can to uplift our community and be black kings. And, you know, it's another loss. So I, I definitely hate it on that. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's you, you got to listen to the OGs, man. Like these people are old, like not old, but you know what I'm saying? Like they've been out here for a while, like they know what the deal is and know what the game is and have experience. Like this isn't the first time we've seen this. This is not something new. And I think, uh, I can't remember who, who it was, but they were interviewing, I think, Pooh Shiesty. And they were telling him, they're like, hey man, you gotta, you gotta get out of wherever you're at. Like where you're living at based on how you're rapping and how you portray yourself online, you man. can't continue to, you, yeah, you can't continue to, live this way that you're living and I'm in Pushice is in jail right now for something like I think manslaughter or something like that. But the, the, these older guys know like people that are in their forties, fifties, if they tell if they give you free game like that, that's going to save your life. Like you have to pay attention to that stuff. And I, I, Hey man, if someone's like, Oh man, you know, people get money and leave the hood. Hey man, so be it. So yeah. be it at this point. Like how many, how many, how many more people, how many, how many more times do people gotta get killed in their hometowns in front of their own businesses at you know places they were born at, places they were raised at? Like how many times we gotta see people die there? Like if they don't, if you can leave, then leave. You left for a reason. Send yeah. cut a cut a check. Send a check back. We got Cash App, FaceTime, yeah. anything. the hood. Bring the hood to you. You don't need to go there. You don't. And it's so sad because Memphis actually, I, I and I'm, I know I'm the Southern connoisseur of the podcast. Memphis has a lot of dope artists, like really dope. You had, I mean, unfortunately, you had Young Dolph. You got Yo Gotti. You got Moneybag Yo. You got Black Youngster. You got Key Glock, who's, I think he's the cousin, or I know he's at least signed to Young Dolph. Uh, you got Big Scar, you got Big 30, you got Pooh Shiesty. Like, it's a lot of people. And, of course, we got the OGs, 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, Memphis is on the come up. Yeah, Memphis, Memphis is really on the come up. And, you know, y'all take one of your own out. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Your own that actually was given back to the community. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you read what Chad put in the chat, she put if people want you, they will find you regardless of where you live. 
the niggas that killed um, Young Dolph, they're not getting into Beverly Hills. They're not getting into those Calabasas communities. He, he was shot in Beverly Hills three times. Will, like in a neighborhood or just like on the it, street? It was in some store. That, that was when he got shot. And then they, they shot up his van a hundred times here. And it was bulletproof, luckily. But yeah, he, he was he was in Beverly Hills and got shot. What did he yeah, do? Yeah, they, they what, really wanted they, him. Why did they try to kill this man? Like, what happened? Go, go listen to that song, play with your bitch. <laughs> you'll, you'll see yeah, it, it was it, it's like almost truth level with the Gucci man, and they're actually cool. It, it's a pretty harsh diss. Uh, yeah. Damn. Hey man, uh as as the great uh, Jackie Moon said from uh uh, whatever that movie was, what was the movie called? Um, Tropical Tropic Thunder? <laughs> no, that wasn't it. No, it wasn't Tropic. Basketball movie. What is that movie called? <laughs> that movie is underrated. I can't think of the title to save my life. Uh, fuck, this gonna bother me. <laughs> oh my god, I'm about to look it up now because I cannot. I'm like my podcast stops. So I figured this out. Hold on. Semi pro. Semi pro. That's it. That's extremely, funny. extremely underrated, uh, extremely underrated Will Ferrell movie. As uh, the great Jack Mune said, uh, ELE, everybody loved everybody, man. Stop beefing, mm. stop mm. talking crazy. Just yeah, life's too short, man. Man, the man is a self made millionaire, family man, driving a Lambo. Like, that's that's the American dream, and to be taken away over some, some nonsense. And, and just, I got one more point. So, on that note, I actually. I, I had obtained some information about one of my enemies earlier that oh morning. That was it was ether level. And when that happened, I was like, you know what, man? At the end of the day, none of this stuff is worth it. Like it, it's not worth the jokes, it's not worth the stress. Because I mean, I know with the with the short person that I have an issue with, uh, they got shot in his face or whatever. I know he he doesn't have a gun, so he ain't gonna do nothing to me. But just saying, like in general. I can't, I'm not beefing with anybody no more. So, you know, El Breezy 904, our beef's done. You know, have a good life. That's that's good to hear. That That's good to hear. Um, what about the other gentleman you have beef with? Tyron Payne or Fastlane Payne. I don't know. That was tough, man. I, I would love, I don't want to kill the nigga. I just want to beat his Alleged real. <laughs> And I promise you, look, I'm so cold with it because y'all know my background is in tech. Man, I'd be, I be in there. Man, I, I could find addresses, man. I could find addresses. Allegedly. 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 Let's, Let me go get a candy bar. I'll be right back. All right. So uh, <laughs> moving on to uh, legal stuff. Um, oh, God. <laughs> The Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Not surprising if you've been uh, living under a bridge because there's no possible way you can live under a rock unless you're like that animal or something like that. Hmm. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the young man that traveled to Kenosha, Washington with an AR-15 star rifle to defend people and property, was found not guilty and acquitted on all charges. For killing two people and then shooting another person. Um, again, it, it's kind of—I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's more ironic that like a week ago, the you know 
the videos of him crying and you know he was mean to death with that and i was just thinking in my head it's like eh, this ain't gonna be funny here soon when he gets off and sure enough he got off and like we got to kind of retire those memes and videos because like unless you're one of those people that has the the laugh to you know hide the pain or just get through the pain because this at this point this is like yeah man it's it's getting spooky in the streets um this kind of sets a precedence for uh people that want to cosplay call of duty players and defend buildings and defend property which i thought was the job of the police but you know that's a discussion for another day but it, it kind of emboldened these people like Kyle Rittenhouse to do what he did. Now, the prosecution did a terrible job, first and foremost. Like their witnesses weren't prepared. Like their whole their whole strategy was not great. They made a lot of mistakes. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but unfortunately, this young man is now seemingly going to be a, a mascot for the Republican Party as he's been offered internships by two Republican uh, officials, which I'm like, internships for what? Like, I don't, I don't know. So you mean to tell me there's probably some kid right now who would love to get into politics, who's like a straight A student, probably in college, and they're not getting offered internships, but this person that claims self-defense and killing two people is like, like what and it's crazy because this issue kind of it's it's a, a multi-faceted issue right you have the two-way stuff you have the race stuff and then you have the political stuff so there are like republicans or people that are conservatives that think this is kind of a travesty right they don't agree with it but then you have the two-way people that are like you know excited that this is a win for them but like I don't I don't see where the the win is like what where is the win that you can go shoot people right like the two way stuff is about you know being able to protect yourself carry a weapon and whatnot but like again if you if you're in a place where you need to why would you insert yourself in a place to kind of be in a position where you would have to use your weapon if you're not in the military or law enforcement like that's kind of my biggest issue like okay cool you want to own guns so you protect your house but like it's not your job to travel over state lines to go quote unquote protect buildings and property like that's that's not your job like that's i get it you're inspired you want to do what you think is right but you can't insert yourself in that situation not trained or prepared mentally and then start pop well apparently you can't now but in my head it doesn't make sense to be allowed to legally do that like, i can't i can't fathom that like you, i've seen tweets from military people and law enforcement and even the other guy that's out there with the gun he said that he kind of made people like kim who are former military folks look bad because you're out here shooting people running around with rifles kind of causing a, a bit of a panic you know, but I just I just don't understand. Like, okay, so maybe he I guess I didn't really watch the video. I I try to kind of stay away from some of that stuff. But say he did say he did act in self defense. Like there there was no crime committed. Like him being however old he is, traveling across state lines with a rifle. That's not elite. That's not illegal. Like nothing. The gun charge. 
or even even the people that attacked him, quote unquote. Like, are, did those people get charged with anything? Like, because right now one person's dead, one per- or two people are dead, one person got shot. This kid was on trial. Like, so nothing happens. There's just if people go back and they're like, hey, what happened with the? I remember hearing about like some kid traveling across state lines with a rifle. He killed two people and shot one guy. How did that all end? Oh yeah, nothing happened. No crime, no harm, like nothing. No one got charged with anything. That seems like uh, seems a little wishy-washy to me. Like someone should have got charged with something or convicted of something. <laughs> a crime occurred. Like I just don't understand. It, it there had to have been something. Mr. Savage is is taking a fall. Apparently, he got a cramp and is falling out of his chair. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah. So- <laughs> They they dropped the charges for him having a rifle, and then they dropped the charges for him breaking curfew, which to me, I would have to look it up. But like that's the case, and they have to drop every charge from everybody else's out there. But the thing is, oh, if you're shit. at that point dropping the charges for the curfew, then why were the police out there that kind of really instigated the whole situation? If there was no curfew, then cops didn't need to be there, then the people could have continued to peacefully protest, most of which had left the scene before everything happened. Um, and then the gun thing, I don't, I just. I just, I just don't see how it's possible for you to, it, it seems like you can have, it seems like the, the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman thing where you can, you know, poke and prod and instigate people and when they come at, come at you, you can just shoot them and be like, oh, I'm defending myself. I'm standing my ground. It's like, well, you wouldn't have to do that if you would have just left the people alone or if you would have stayed your ass in a different state where you're from and stuff like that. It's just like now people see that and they're just like, okay, now for the next um, riot, I'm going to, you know, me and my buddies are going to load up in our truck with our rifles. We're going to go over there and we're going to start talking shit, popping noise, and we're going to hope someone does something so we can start killing people because – that's what we that's what it is. And that's where the, the, the bigger <clears throat> issue to me is is like if you're saying people can defend themselves, then that works two ways. Right? So if at the next protest, protesters show up with weapons and anti-protester people show up with weapons, and each side feels like they're in fear of their life or they're defending themselves, then essentially you have a war zone. It only takes one. I mean, it's just like that Boondocks episode where, like, Riley threw that chair and just everybody just started fighting. The chair didn't even hit nobody, and people just start fighting. And that that's all it could take. It could be something super minor. And now you got a both car can backfire. And yeah, anything. And all of a sudden, you got these people shooting at each other like it's battle zone. Like, yeah, I mean, this is America. Like, oh, is there a problem? Just add more guns to it. Like, let's just keep adding, piling more guns. Like, more guns is always a solution. Never less guns. Just more. Just keep adding them. Keep bringing them in. So even from the perspective of, of Kyle Rittenhouse, so I watched the video. I listened to a bunch of podcasts on it, too. Um, so the first dude, first dude was hella problematic. He was on videos, white dude saying the N-word, all kinds of stuff. Apparently, he was like, he had mental issues. Uh, I think he like, he did some bad stuff. He was a, not a great person. But that doesn't really make Kyle Rittenhouse the judge during execution. But he was running at him, right? And my thing is is that people that have been to the gun classes, 
that, that own weapons, like I, I own a gun or whatever, like you're taught that, hey, you know, whenever you're shooting something, you know, make sure that you're aware of what's, you know, behind it, right? So Kyle Rittenhouse got lucky that as he fired off those three shots that he didn't hit anybody minding their own business, right? But also, too, from the tweets I've seen from the military folks, shout out to y'all, is that you can only... So the dude didn't have a weapon, right? So in theory, you didn't need to necessarily shoot him, right? You could have done other steps before shooting him. Now, I get it. It is a kind of a bang-bang situation. Somebody's running at you, but... That goes to my point where you're inserting yourself into a situation where adding a gun makes it more volatile, right? Like the the sheer presence of you having a weapon makes things a little bit more complicated, right? Now, after the first guy is shot, he claims he was there to help people first aid and whatnot. Didn't see him render any first aid to the duty shot. Looks like he just ran away, which again, now being that America leads the nation in mass shootings. That's what we're known for, that and fucking overweight people and sports. You have a, a, a random person running down the street with a assault rifle, and people have seen he just shot somebody. Now, again, this is a volatile situation because tensions are high. You have police presence. You have people that were in emotionally high situations. But now, communication is not very smooth because, again, it is a, a volatile situation. Now the word is, hey, there's a, a white male who just shot somebody running around with a gun. And everybody else is mind like, yo, this could be the next mass shooter, right? So if that's your mindset without any other information, because again, in these situations, it's not going to be you know, clear and concise. The other gentleman attempts to stop him and hits him with the state skateboard, which again, a skateboard is not a deadly weapon, right? So shooting him was kind of unnecessary, but from the gentleman that died with the skateboard, he looked, he's trying to stop a mass shooter. That's his perspective. Like, I don't think a skateboard puts you in fear for your life. So whatever, cool. Shoots him too. Well, shit, now we've seen this dude that we heard was shooting people actually shoot somebody. So the third gentleman enters the story and he has a pistol Again, his perspective is like, yo, this guy's out here shooting people. What's going on? I'm going to try to stop him before more people get shot. And he also gets shot. Which, again, from Kyle's perspective, like, yo, this dude has a gun. From, again, bang, bang situation. Initially, if you watch the slow motion, it looks like the guy has the gun up. And he's, like, you know, kind of raising his hand like, hey, man, chill out. But, you know, so many points are going to shoot. I, I, I guess you have to shoot him since we're already there illegally in a situation you need to insert yourself with. Um, he gets shot. And then Kyle proceeds to run down the street past the police. Police don't seem to think he's a threat or a problem. Um, but yeah, it's the, the whole that like, hey, he's already here. Now he has all these rights part kind of bothers me. And I do think this does set a very dangerous precedence because like, black and brown people or marginalized people, we can't stop protesting because they keep doing stuff like this. And, but it's going to be hard to tell people to continue to go out there and protest when their life could be, you know, in danger and the people that endanger their lives could be, you know, given a pass legally to do so. 
so it creates a, a very tenuous situation. It's 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 tough, man. It's it's very tough. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen pictures of like uh, people in these open carry states where they have these uh, like they're walking into the the grocery store with a rifle on their backs and sitting in restaurants and Applebee's with a M16 on their lap. And I'm just like, if I'm ever in that situation, I'm going to leave. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to ask the manager to be like, hey, can you tell, like, if I if I see someone walk into a restaurant with a rifle on their back, I am going to get my black ass out of there. And I'm going, if I'm with my family, we are all going to get up. We're going to either pay our tab or we're just going to leave. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but we are, I'm not staying because I don't know what your intentions are. I don't know what kind of person you are. I don't know what your mindset is. Like you might be the type of person that you came in there and you're already on edge, or you might not be, you might not be sober or you might've had a bad day. Like, I don't know. And I, I can't risk that. I'm not risking that for, you know, a two for 20 at, at Applebee's. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to leave. I'll come back later. Well, my thing is that my other point is with the 2A people, like, why would you go somewhere where you think you need a gun? Like, I don't that that part kind of throws me off. Like, well, it's not state. that they need. They just they want to have their guns everywhere they go. It doesn't matter. They want to have it. When does that start, though? Like, I, I wish I could, like, follow. Like, I wish if I had the technology, like, just follow. I guess have a time machine with the with a recorder to follow, like, the, you know, the 2A folks from like birth to now to see when that that switch flips to like hey guns are you know my existence guns are my identity guns are my personality so like where does that come from like i get the people that grew up hunting and stuff like that 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 kind of makes more sense to me but just like average run-of-the-mill guy that was you know in the fucking band or played baseball or something like that now it's like oh 2a i gotta have my guns Regardless of what, I got 30 guns in my house. Like, I get it because, like, I, I collect sneakers, but sneakers don't have the potential that, to, you know, maim somebody in their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't see why you have this mentality where you have to own 30 guns and stockpile ammo if you're not, like, a hunter or professional shooter. It just, to me, it's like a weird twist of mindset. But if you really think about it, Americans are kind of bred that way. Like... Even on like kids' channels, you got the your. I've seen like Nerf sniper rifles, right? Call of Duty is like the most popular game. Like all the movies, the most famous movies, the most popular movies are you know extremely violent. A lot of guns, a lot of pistol play. So I, I guess we're kind of bred to think this way, but it's it's really unfortunate because like there's really, really no reason to to live like this, like. To be honest, like most most folks are two way folks aren't living in dangerous neighborhoods. Like you're, you're not, you're not, I just don't get it. It's a weird mentality you have. Like I, I think the worst thing is well, not the worst thing, because it sucks that he wasn't convicted of anything. But I feel like as as black people, um, of course the people that were killed weren't black, but they were at a Black Lives Matter uh, protest or, or protest in general. And I feel like we should still put that same amount of heat that keep that same energy for the people, for our allies, you know, with this. And we should still be out here protesting. And I'm not trying to say riot or anything like that. But, you know, I would like to see people out in full force still protesting because it doesn't make any sense. At the end of the day, you got a guy, like you said earlier, that crossed state lines, 
with an AR-15 being only 17 years old and he killed people. And the thing that I hate is they use him. He's a kid because he's 17. Trayvon wasn't a kid. Jordan Davis wasn't a kid. Tamir Rice wasn't a kid. Every, Mike, Michael Brown wasn't a kid. Nobody else is a kid. He's a kid. And when they talk about Mr. Rosenbaum who was killed, Oh, well, he was a recovering heroin addict that just lost his job. And he's a bad person anyway. So you did us a favor. Like, no, it's not like that. At the end of the day, the guy threw a plastic bag with toothpaste, toothpaste, I'm sorry, tooth, a toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, and something else at Kyle Rittenhouse and was chasing him. At the end of the day, it, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. He's chasing you. You're ahead of him. He threw something at you. You turn around and you kill him? Like, how's that staying your ground? You were running away. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense as a black person. But I guess the white people who, you know, they don't care about us anyway, to be honest with you. It, you know, hey, it, it was just, it was just a circus, man. It was a clown show. You got this bald headed ass George. I, I mean, I'm sorry, this bald headed ass judge that needs to be disbarred. So his pension will be taken away forever. You got a, a, a person on trial for murder standing behind you and they're coddling him and doing all this. It was freaking ridiculous. And at the end of the day, I had a conversation with one of my friends and I was like, you know what? Even though it's not about black versus white in this scenario, even though underlying it is, that's why you really need to start having an eye for an eye mentality. Because at the end of the day, if you're black in America, you can't depend on the justice system to provide you with justice. I'm not trying to say we need to turn up and do this or that, but it just is what it is. We've seen it happen too many times, even with the Ahmaud Arbery case. I mean, I hate to kind of go on to that, but I was reading today on it where one of the guys, uh, he admitted that, hey, Ahmad was not trying to engage with me. He was trying to run away and you guys still killed him. And you're still trying to claim self-defense. Like, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. But that's my point on that one. Fuck Kyle Rittenhouse. I hope he dies of AIDS. So, kind of, so I was talking to one of the homies, one of the white homies, about the whole 2A thing. And it's, like, it's unfortunate because, like, we, we obviously know in America, black people don't get the same rights or freedoms consistently as as white folks we don't get the benefit of the doubt so the my idea was like hey we have to shift the paradigm of of you know 2a stuff and you know if we're in an open carry state we need to be out there open carrying right uh we need to be out there concealed carrying however <laughs> immediately i knew the answer to that as soon as i said it but it's like and he even was like yo like uh yeah, maybe, but there's going to be a lot of black people that are unfortunately probably going to be killed before that becomes a norm. And that's that's the sad part that like we can't even participate, you know, in, in that culture. Philando Castile. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah. And I brought that up too. like, yo, like two A people are super loud and proud, but like they were kind of quiet as church mice when the whole Philando Castile situation popped off. Like it, it and it's. And it's sad because it's like, yo, we don't, we're trying to separate. I don't like to get in conversations where we jump all over the place. Like with the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, as soon as like the, anything race related was injected, I was like, hey, this is not, this is not that situation. Like that's another, another issue, a secondary issue 
but I want to stay focused. People get get you know get convoluted and they start getting mad because you know race people want to talk about race in America. They get angry, but I mean the race is the secondary issue because there's no doubt in anybody's mind that had Kyle Rittenhouse been black, been Tyrone Rittenhouse, there there wouldn't be a trial because he'd have got clapped. They'd have lit his ass up. Like we we <laughs> what Tyrone? Okay, go ahead. We've seen it happen. We've yeah. seen it happen. And that's the thing. Like it's it's unfortunate, but like we 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 don't have the the same freedoms. And and to kind of tie it back to the young Dolph situation, and I'm not endorsing uh the tech messiah's views, but it's like yo, people in our own community will take out young Dolph, but you have, you know, your man's uh fuck, what is that dude's name? George Zimmerman? Yeah, George Zimmerman walking the streets, acting a fool. Then Kyle Rittenhouse is probably going to be walking the streets, acting a fool. I'm just saying, like... Nah, Kyle Rittenhouse going to be in... He's going to be in politics. He's going to be in Congress or something. <clears throat> well, they're saying he can still face... And I, I thought this too, face um, civil civil lawsuits as well, because... And like I said, there can't be no no crime cannot be not committed. Like something, happened. Yeah. <laughs> something happened. Something like, happened. It can't be that. It, it can't. It can't be that. Like, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I'm sure this will continue to move along. But again, you know, black folks get you a gun, learn about weapons, but be smart about it. Like, just understand. Like, you you are black. <laughs> Whether your license is good to have your gun. You're you're still black in America, and unfortunately, uh, that that could be problematic at times. So, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that for the pod. So, um, let's move along to something less dramatic, real quick. Oh, real quick, let me. So I finally listened to Silk Sonic last week. Uh, finally. Yeah, um, and it, I, what I would say, uh, to me, the best song of the album is Blast Off, the last song. Um, but for me, I'm kind of leaning on the views of, like, Rev. Like, it's a cool album, but it kind of comes off as, like, cosplay for that type of music. And, like, when I listened to it, first of all, it made me want to just listen to more Anderson Pack, right? Like I wish Blastoff had more from Pack, like than Bruno Mars. I kind of wish they would have did the whole uh, "What Is How to Be Alive" thing, where like they had like their own like individual tracks with just them, right? With the same, I guess, production, but just like one Bruno Mars track and then one Anderson Pack track. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get the the idea of the album. It's gonna be a great like album to perform. Right, as far as like concerts, thirty minutes long, they can do some improv- improvisation. Um, the the live band band is gonna sound great, but like for me, it's it's not gonna be my album of the year, right? Um, and, and like honestly, I think that I've said this before. I think the the throwaway pack that Anderson Pack did for. Uh, Shang Chi in the, in the Ten Rings is better than a couple of those songs. Ah, uh, no, no, okay, no, 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 no. Okay. And I, I'll give you, I'll give you one because I remember I went through it after a few times I listened to it. I was like, all right, which one of these songs is going on Bruno's album and which one is going on Pat's album? And I went through and I made a list. 
the only one that I gave the pack was Fly Is Me. Like that's the only one I could I could hear on I Anderson Pack's album. None of those songs on Pack's album. I no, I, you I, I could hear like one better music from Anderson Pack. To be honest. The songs were good, and we're doing. You said the whole cosplay thing, and it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, "Wake Up My Love" by uh, Childish Gambino, the album that he did. That was kind of in the same vein. Like he went back to a particular time and uh, re- almost like pretty much recreated a particular like this almost same sound. Like he went for the same vibe, and he hit he hit it hit the nail on the head. Like it sounded exactly like something from the 1970s just like this did and could you call it cosplay and uh and just kind of like copycatting yeah but it also still sounds great like it sounds amazing i'm not saying it doesn't sound good or great but like again i would listen to some songs i'm like well shit, let me go back and listen to some anderson pack you know what i'm saying well yeah i've already said this on the podcast and twitter like bruno mars discography is extremely over like somebody had a tweet that that was a oh, Bruno Mars' discography is flawless or something like that. Like, yeah. no, it it has a lot of flaws. There's plenty his of flaws. First, his first album sounds like the soundtrack to Disney teenager movies. Like, it's not. Well, there, there there's some very very bubblegum and very pop for me. There there is something with with Bruno Mars. Like, how you if you kind of understand like how he came up through the music industry, you can kind of understand why that first album was the way it was because he came up as a songwriter so he did write a lot of songs for a lot of white pop acts and it was kind of like how the dream was where it's like hey you know what i can i can do these songs and maybe i'll get something maybe something will pop but that was just the lane he was in and he decided like hey and he'd been doing like quote unquote black music before like when he was a kid like he'd been doing that kind of music but you know he, he was doing whatever to get on and that's what it was, but now he's more comfortable in what he's doing, and I don't, I don't see him going back to that, to doing those kinds of sounds. Like I feel like this is who he is, and this is the kind of music that he's going to be making. But like I, I, I listen to it, and I'm just like, yeah, man. Like obviously, I would like to hear more um, pack on there, but I mean, the his his drum patterns were hitting the entire time. Like there was never a moment where I listened to the production or the percussions or anything and thought like, man, it, they could have used a little bit more from Anderson. Like even even on the songs where he wasn't singing that much, like I think uh, Put On A Smile, he didn't really have a lot of vocals on there. But on the drums, like you could hear his presence on there, so. Yeah, and like I said, I. I think it. I think it is what it was, but it's. It, and I might try to listen. I'm gonna listen to it after this, but I, I just like I listen to him. Like, well, let me go listen to some Anderson Pack. And again, it is my bias. I do like Anderson Pack's music. Yeah, better, and he but. he even said it. He, he Anderson knows what he's doing. He's like, hey, that's Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is a hit maker, and I'm trying to expand my audience and which is smart. Get on. And, and it's a, he, he he's making the, the right play here, and yeah. hopefully, you know, and and. Uh, he opened for Bruno Mars on tour. That's kind of how they linked up and started doing some of this stuff. So he's just trying to expand his brand. I think that's what's going to happen for him. Like he's going to um, get people interested in what he's been doing. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how he is still, I guess, underrated because he's worked with pretty much everybody. Like, I don't know of any, like outside of like, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce and Kanye, stuff like that. But he's worked with a lot of people. And at some point, that's that's what it is like. Well, he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any 
Um, he doesn't have. I don't want to say he doesn't have any hits because that would imply that he, he doesn't make good songs. But he doesn't have like a hit record, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, there isn't a song where it's like, "Hey, that that." And I'm, I'm not someone who listens to the radio, but it's just like, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a song like "How the Baby." The baby has hits. You know what I'm saying? Anderson Pack don't have hits. If that makes sense. I guess he has hits to people who listen to this music. So I, I, I'm still working on my Anderson Pack playlist. So oh, it's just hits to me. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. It's in my house. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain, there's some artists that yeah, are really, not, they're super really talented, me, but you're not. Me. Yeah. I, and like, I try to play some of, some of it for my kids. And it's like, some of it, it just, it just doesn't work. Not that it's bad, but it's just not, it's a little bit too much sometimes. And it's just like, this isn't too. This is. It's not TikTok friendly. I'll say that he's not making TikTok friendly music. Well, I, I can't wait in a couple of years when you know he continues this and people are like starting to appreciate the greatness of Anderson Pack. Because even when this whole Still Sonic thing started, it was like, oh, this Bruno Mars song is great. I'm like, man, y'all are really disrespecting my man Pack. Like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very disturbing. Well, I don't know. I didn't bring in the, the the Marvel bag. I was very I was very uh, impressed to hear him get the, the the song at the end of the movie. I'm I'm just curious to see what he does after this because you know the the budget's going up. Like he's already won a Grammy. Like now he's doing this. The tour's coming soon. Hopefully, like I'm curious to see what his next project is. Like who he's able to get on there. What type of production he's going to be able to afford. Like. The kind of the kind of looks he's gonna now starting to get like after this I feel like after this tour during this tour or even right now there's going there's there's got to be artists that are calling him saying like hey we need to do something we need to link up and and make some music let's get in the studio can you look at this can you add something to this because there we're, we're talking uh, someone in the chat was talking about uh, Florin too and there was one song on there where I was like man if they'd had Pack on the drums on this song like he'd have fit perfectly on here and. I feel like more like he's he his star is going to continue to ascend, and he's it's it for me. He should have been he should have been a star like after Vin not Ventura after Malibu like when Malibu hit, he should have been a household name because that album is incredible and Ventura is great too. Venice is great too. Like everything that he's done has been great as a solo yeah. artist, and I'm like, yeah. how is he not a household name? Well, I mean, even after the uh, the Compton soundtrack, that's where a lot of people heard. That's where I got him. Animals with uh, him, Dr. Dre, DJ Premier. That's a that's a great. He's on I think two songs now, but yeah, like he, he's very talented. It's just like again, what I was saying probably two episodes ago is like people get caught up <clears throat> with streaming. Wow, yeah, shout out to Chan. Chan was the one who made that comment. She's holding down the chat. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's like streaming is a double-edged sword. Like you have all the music in the world, but you kind of stick in the same box of what you listen to, right? So I try to tweet out as much Anderson Pack as I can. Um, I do enjoy him as an artist. And I, I hope that he he gets more looks, works with bigger artists. But I hope when he does that, because he's worked with big, biggish artists before. I know he's had the game on some tracks. He's worked with DJ Chicago Kid, Rap City. Andre 3000, which which 100% tells me you people in Atlanta be lying, because Andre was spitting on that first track on uh, Ventura. Uh, he's got songs with J Cole and Kendrick, Smokey Robinson. Like he's got songs, Jasmine Sullivan, yeah, Randy, Nate Dogg. I'm be lying. Like Ventura was an excellent album. That's probably my favorite album. For yeah, I was, I was, you know what? Honestly, it was. 
No, you want to talk about flawless discography? Anderson Pack might be that guy. So, I, 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 me personally, I think I listen to Venice more than I do like Malibu. Personally, I listen to Ventura the most because it's more it's more concise and it sounds like it has more of a direction. It's yeah. probably I don't want to say commercial, but it's not as raw as other stuff. Like you can see the the progression from every album he's made. Like you can hear the sound start to get more and more. I guess focus, but that's that's what I don't want. I don't want him to make get these like uh, these these A list artists and then start putting out some some crazy shit. Like, do you, but just have them on there and then get the most out of their name and talent. Don't try to put a you know the the, the square peg in the round hole, as, as they say. Have just, them come to your world. Don't go yeah, to theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. Uh, let's see. Let me first go, man. Oh, let's see, Chan. I don't really have any favorite places in Atlanta, but Magic City. Stay out the hood. The hood is apparently dangerous. So, but yeah, definitely. This is a, a, a definitely pro Anderson Pack podcast. So if you haven't listened to Anderson Pack, just go on a title, have a podcast, whatever you stream from, go on YouTube, listen to his music. It's it's fucking it's fucking great. It's fucking fucking great. So there's 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 great sounds. He the, the man is very versatile with his sounds. So um Kind of sticking to music in the West Coast. I guess there was a tweet going around, uh, which I found was pretty interesting. I didn't really think about an answer, so I think about it in real time. But I guess essentially the, the gist of the tweet was, who makes better music together? Uh, Snoop and Pharrell or Snoop and Dr. Dre? That was a tough one, honestly. And I honestly, I wrote it off when I first saw it. I was like, nah, it's Dr. Dre, of course. And... I kind of I did my Googles, I did a little research, I made a little playlist, and I started listening to some of the stuff that Snoop and the Neptunes did. It's it, it, it's tough, because it, it's... A lot of the stuff that Snoop is known for with Dre that he made is when he was younger and when he was a different artist. Like, he wasn't... He wasn't, like, that household name. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was still that hardcore gangster rap um still trying to figure like one foot in the game one foot in the studio type thing the music that he did with pharrell it was like hey i'm a superstar rapper like this is what i do i make hot records like i'm not you know on trial for murder anything like that i'm a household name so i think the neptunes got the better version of snoop dogg i think that the it's hard to beat doggy style like Doggy Style is one of the you know the greatest albums ever, but I, I'm I'm you know what I'm just gonna say it. I, I'm gonna give it to the Neptunes. I think the Neptunes, if you take the best songs that the Neptunes got from Snoop, they sound better than the best songs from Dr. Dre. And I don't I don't think it's a hot take, but I think the Neptunes discography as producers is better than Dr. Dre. They're better at making music than Dr. Dre. And I, I don't yeah. even think it's a I don't even think it's a a close competition. Yeah, I, I mean, Doctor. I've always been Doctor Dre. I, I do enjoy Doctor Dre's production, but he's never been like my goat. And that might be ignorance on my part for maybe not doing my research. I know he's worked a lot of artists on a lot of different things, but um, well, it's been a game a long time. Well, I was gonna say just real quick, like you're getting a different, you're getting a more versatile Snoop Dogg, like the the. The Snoop Dogg that Dr. Dre got, it was just a lot of murder, what's the case that they gave me, nothing but a G thing. 
uh, Still Dre, Ain't No Fun. You're getting a lot of the hard stuff. You're not getting um, beautiful from Dr. Dre. Like he does, he can't. He didn't get that out of Snoop Dogg. I'm not saying that he couldn't. I'm just saying he doesn't have a record like that or something super catchy and radio friendly like Drop It Like It's Hot. There's a lot of uh, melodic songs that Snoop Dogg has with the Neptunes that he didn't do with Dre, and and he also still has the hard stuff with Pharrell and the Neptunes. Like he has uh, sets up. Like that's a pretty hard song. I didn't. I didn't get every song, but you're getting a more versatile Snoop Dogg with the Neptunes than you got from from Dr. Dre. Yeah, I, um, I guess if I had to pick a playlist, I'd pick the Pharrell and Snoop Dogg versus Dre and Snoop. I, I'm gonna go with Dre and Snoop. The reason being, um, I like the versatility from the Neptunes, but and even if I take out, hey, without Dre, there would be no Snoop. I mean, the songs, even if you, you you have to add in the chronic too, because he was he was heavily on the chronic. You can almost say that he is the driving force that made the chronic what it is, like one, two, three, and to the folk. You know, just some of the other stuff that he did. Um, I'm going with Dre with him. I mean, deep deep cover, um Dre Day, or can't fuck with Dre Day, uh Nothing but a G thing. Like these are these are all time classic songs. Classic songs that he made. I mean, I do appreciate the versatility that he that he had with Pharrell, and and he Pharrell definitely revitalized his career because when he went to No Limit, he had moderate success, but he wasn't like that good. The only huge song he had, um, what is that song he had? With um, the only big song he had with them, he had F the Mother Niggas, but that wasn't even a song, if we're being honest. That was a C Murder song. Other than that, everything during that era was kind of flat. And then it was kind of like he was kind of washed, honestly. And then he ran into Pharrell and the Neptunes, and he was able to now constantly reinvent himself. So, I mean, I, it just depends on the mood that I'm in, but usually. I'll listen to the Chronic and Doggy Style and um, the Dog Father from Snoop, but it is some, it's some, um, it's some, it's some songs that he got with Pharrell. I like, I like. The, I don't know if this is a Pharrell song, but I know it was after he was with Pharrell. But one of my favorite songs from Snoop is "Losing Control." Like it, it's just a great song, good vibe. You know, you get you a Mai Tai, you with your honey. Hey, I'm losing control and I don't even know, you know, why you hurt me so bad. Beautiful, another classic song. Drop it like it's hot, like you said. You you can't go wrong with either way, but I just prefer um, the old school, early 90s, um, Dre and Snoop. That's a classic duo. Well, the, the Neptunes are kind of a cheat code also. Like, they're one of those, they, they bring... The hood, they they bring the hood to pop culture. Like they they will help you cross over. They will give you that hit. Like they did it with uh, clips. They did it with Pusha T. Um, they did it with Snoop Dogg. They did it with Ludacris. Kind of here and there. Like he was kind of already on his way. But there was a lot of. They'll give you that hit to get you to the mainstream. And I'm not saying Dre couldn't have done it, but I mean, just I I, I prefer the versatility and the the melodic songs that the Neptunes were able to get out of uh, Snoop also. But that, that's not discrediting anything that um, 
um, Snoop did with Dre, because obviously, like, the the Chronic and Doggy Style are, you know, two of the greatest albums of all time. So, And there's no denying the impact that it's had. But, like I said, for me, uh, the Neptunes, when it comes to production, they're probably number one for me. You can swap them between one and two all time, so... Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, let's know what you think. It, like, there's no right or wrong answer. I guess it's more of a, a, a preference tough. thing. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely can't lose with with that that dynamic, those dynamic duos. I guess. Um, kind of thinking about music. Cardi B is apparently doing everything but releasing her sophomore album. Um, to what the VMAs. She did what? She's hosting the VMAs. No, the American Music Awards. AMA, sure. Yeah, whatever. Wait, she doesn't have a sophomore album yet? What? I thought like WAP and all that stuff was on an album. Nah. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just out here, What the fuck is going on? They, they might be on an album. I don't know yet. Well, I, I will. I hope not. That, like, it, that, 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 and, and I think we said that before. It's like, that would have been the, the perfect time to drop. To, to take advantage of all the fake outrage from from WAP because people were acting like that was the most vile song of all time. So I can point you to much more vulgar. Yeah, we we've pointed out much more nastier songs that have come out. Um, shit, I was listening to a '90s playlist on uh, no a '2000s playlist on title, and uh, I've heard the song before, but I never really listened to it. But the uh, Little Kim, how many licks featuring Tyrese? That's a nasty ass. I can only, only imagine what these like old ass crusty white men were thinking like, oh my god, well they're probably you know Oh no, they know about it. Yeah, yeah. In, in private, they know about that. They know what time it is with that. But I, I, I mentioned it last week and I, I honestly I didn't know that the album was coming out already, but I, I mentioned that this uh Halle Berry movie, uh Halle Berry Netflix movie called Bruised. Is uh, the soundtrack was like produced and handpicked <clears throat> by Cardi B and Halle Berry, and it's just, it's the first time that there's ever been a soundtrack with all uh, female rappers. Yeah, and I I think this is a, a great thing for rap and the culture because I I listen to it. The raps are pretty good, and there's still there's still like a good balance between like uh, new artists, um, more established artists. Uh, there's uh, gay artists. Uh, Light skin, dark skin, bigger. Wait, it's already out. Yeah, it's already out. It came out uh, Friday. Oh, I So there, there's a lot of a lot of versatility that comes from from that comes with this album. I kind of like to. I haven't watched the movie, so I think I want I want to watch the movie to kind of get an understanding of if they were just like, hey, just give me a song. I don't care what it is. Um, it's not a perfect album. It's not the best uh, rap soundtrack that I've ever heard before, but um. I think what makes it so good and so um, needed and necessary is it's 13 songs and it features like 14 female rappers. And the fact that you can have a track list with 14 different female rappers and still look at, you know, still come up with like five or six other female rappers that could have been on that. I think that's a big deal that there that there's so many good female rappers out there, and it's almost like I don't want to say the market is oversaturated, but we're at a point where if this happened 10, 15 years ago, 
we couldn't have done this. It had just been Nicki Minaj featuring Eve, Nicki Minaj featuring Trina, Nicki Minaj featuring Foxy Brown. It just been Nicki Minaj, like five Nicki Minaj songs. And it's just like now we're to the point where and I can I can read the track list. We got Cardi B, Sweetie, Lotto, City Girls. They put her on there. They consider her a rapper, I guess. Young and May, Baby Tate, Flo Millie, Rhapsody, Erica Banks, Big Bottle Wyana, Ombre, and Dream Doll. Like there's a couple of here that are on here that I that I haven't heard of. And I've kind of uh, got a chance to kind of go through their stuff and check them out. But you can even go through and like Armani Caesar's not on this. Dreezy's not on this. Beans, Bia, Light Skin Keisha, Lakia, Asian Doll, Lizzo, Meg Thee Stallion, Nicki Minaj. There's still like other rappers that could have still made this album and they didn't. So it's just like, it's good that there's that many female rappers out here and active and working and putting out good music that they can do this. So, and, and I'm not trying to do the thing. I'm not trying to do the thing that, that men do when it comes to talking about female rappers, but it's just like, when, it, when, when I think about things that happen in a historical sense, in a positive manner for female rappers, or an accomplishment for female rappers, the first one I think about is Nicki Minaj. And I feel like she should have been on this album. Like, she should have been a part of history. And the fact that she's not is kind of disappointing, you know, and I, like, I get it. I get the whole thing with her and Cardi and I, I wish that would just kind of go away. Cause I never thought that beef was real. Um, and Rico nasty. She should have been on this album. Cause it's a fight. It's a fight movie. And she should have been on this. And she makes, she makes fight music. So she should have been on this or even like uh crime mob diamond, diamond and princess or something. I don't know, but I just feel like, I feel like Nicki Minaj should have been here and, and like you said, like Cardi B is kind of doing everything outside of like actually rapping. Cause even the song, she gets the first song on here and her song is not the best song on here. Like she's not, she's not who we think she, she's not who the general public thinks she is. Like they kind of propped her up as, oh, this is Nicki Minaj's competition. Maybe for record sales, yes. Talent wise, no. Like Cardi B is, her, she's not a good rapper like and it's it sucks because she has a grammy to her name and and the album that she did put out was grammy worthy but i listened to all these other female rappers and other male rappers and she's just not she's not that person and like you said she's put out a few singles within the last year i don't know if it's the pandemic or whatever but they're just not doing what they're supposed to be doing and you know, WAP is not her song. That's Megan's song. Sorry. Like, that's not her song. And uh, what's her name? Normani tried to get the Cardi B stimulus package going. That didn't go. Lizzo did the same thing. That ain't going. You know, like, oh, I don't. That baby is like three years old now. Stop. <laughs> that baby grow. <laughs> and the, I think the, the only other complaint, the only actual complaint I would have about the actual album is that none of none of the rappers outside of one song, the song with the Flo Mini Flo Millie and Akbar the Fourth, none of them actually collabed on a song together. Like it's just a bunch of songs that they did individually. I would have loved to hear like Sweetie and Flo Millie on a song or Young Baby Tate and Young and May like get on the same song. So yeah, the, the album's only like 33 minutes long, but I, I'm actually going through it. First of all, I'm like, where's the, I've seen the videos, like. I haven't seen why, any videos. 
Well, I've seen videos of like Halle Berry with like uh, Lotto and Young and May. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. And and I I thought they were still promoting the movie and the album. I haven't seen any promotion on at least on my timeline about this movie or the soundtrack. That's why I was like, I was waiting for it, but I I didn't know it was out. I didn't see it on my title thing or anything like that. So, and I think with having an artist like Nicki Minaj on there would have been like extremely good publicity for this album. So I'm gonna go listen to it and check it out. Um, I didn't know uh, Young Baby Tate dropped the Young. Apparently now she's just Baby Tate. Yep, just Baby Tate. Well, I, I, and I feel like that would have been like the perfect way to get people to listen to this is if you have Nicki Minaj and Cardi B on the same song, on this soundtrack, and like squashing the beef, like ending this thing. Because it's not, this beef is not real. It's just people on the internet. Stan culture, Man, all that stuff we've talked yeah. about. Yeah, it's just stand culture going back and forth. It's not even a real beef. It's not, this isn't, Pocking big. This isn't Jay-Z and Nas. There's nothing personal between these two. It's just their fan base is getting a big head and going back and forth about it. But if those two would have got on the same song together on this soundtrack and maybe even shot a video together where they're in the same scene of the video, this could have been a this is a it would have been a big step forward in the progress of, of the female rap game and even rap in general, because there's no reason for two of the biggest artists from the same city to be beefing like this. There's no reason for that. Like they should be able to come together and work together and make good music. Cause I feel like they could make good music get together. I think there's a great song between those two that should should happen. Like their collab should have been happened by now. Like we are way too connected. There are too many people that know each other, phone numbers, DMs that they can't, they should be able to talk to each other and get this thing figured out. Yeah, uh, that that is interesting. I don't know. Maybe I mean I'm sure I'm sure that we'll get more music from these artists. Well, yeah, you're right. That depends on where they and how they recorded this. Maybe they did like additional songs together and linked up. So, but just a quick tie into the fake beef. Uh, Kanye or Ye called that the whole Drake shit was coming to an end because apparently they're doing a benefit concert um, in California together for Larry Hoover. Um, I have to still watch the second part of the interview, which I haven't checked out yet, but apparently it's got a bunch of views on Drink Champs. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm still kind of disappointed, like we were saying, that like hopefully maybe he goes to a Joe Budden or something like that next, because Drink Champs isn't the right format for, for him, I guess. But if that's where he feels comfortable, that's cool. But it is crazy how the whole, you know, Jay Prince is kind of finessed uh, – I don't know. Whatever. I don't know, man. It's the, the whole shit is weird, man. It just shows you like the rap game is kind of <laughs> kind of fugazi, man. They're here talking all crazy, but they're together watching people. Professional, professional rappers. Yeah, professional rappers. I mean, like I said, for as crazy as he is, people, he, he was dropping a lot of gems, you know, kind of being very transparent about stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and that's kind of where I got mad with the whole push your teeth thing. It's like, Drake's not Drake don't got no shooters, dog. Like he, he's from he lives in Canada. Like you can't even get into Canada with like speeding tickets and stuff like that. So like they, they should have let that ride. It'd have been great for the culture, but that's neither here nor there. So maybe we can talk about the second part of the interview if if I get around to watching. It's kind of long. Yeah. I I just don't know what, what what we get out of this. Cause at the end of the day, Drake is going to continue to throw subliminal shots because that, I mean that's what rappers do. Like there's just 
that's just a part of rap culture. Like you just throw shots at whoever is a nameless. There's a name. There's a nameless fuck nigga out there that you're gonna fuck their girl or whatever like that. Like that's going to continue to happen. And people are always gonna s- speculate. Well, who is he talking about now? Because we assumed that he like. I guess we assumed he was talking about Kanye, but it's just like is with the beef being over. Does that mean he's never going to throw shots at him again on a record? Are they going to work together? Are they friends? Are they collaborators now? Like, what is the end game for this? Because even, even on, on records, you know what I'm saying? There was never really a song that you listened to and thought, okay, this has gone too far. Like, there's a couple that you can go back to the 50 Cent and Ja Rule beef and you can hear some of the stuff that 50 said and be like, all right, you, you're going a little too far now. Tupac and Biggie, there's a couple saw there's a couple things that Tupac said where you're like, all right, that was too far. Same with Jay-Z and Nas, we're just like, hey man, you probably shouldn't have said that. Super ugly, let's not do that. Um, but with Drake and Kanye, I never really heard a song or a bar where I was just like, All right, that's you're taking it too far. Like you're doing too much here. And so I don't know, it just feels like a beef that like we cared about, but not really. You know what I'm saying? Like we care like if if Jay Prince ends the Pusha T Drake beef, that's something different. That's doing something because that feels very personal. And that I feel like that was going to go to a place where it's like, all right, you know, this might have gone too far. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do we want to hear music from Drake and Kanye? Because their track record together, is it great? Because like we have uh, Better Find Your Love, which is terrible um forever a terrible song it's like terrible the beat the production the mix is awful like i'm just saying kanye beats and drake bars or drake and kanye collabs you know uh pop style was a good song but that never really came out officially like it, it's not like we lost some great duo here you know what i'm saying like it's not like want- it's future yeah like do we want do we want music from them because have they have they shown that they can put out like consistently great music as a duo because i'm not saying they can't but off the top of my head i'm not remembering any great like oh that was a you know an awesome like song that this you know we we i wish we'd have had more of you know what i'm saying like i, I i'm not because he didn't really produce for him that much either maybe like one or two songs on the album but i don't I'm know sure they've collaborated but yeah there hasn't been any big big songs so I'm just not sure. Like, it just seemed this beef seemed very personal. It seemed like we shouldn't have known about this beef. Like, <laughs> some of the stuff that was being said were things that weren't, I guess, public knowledge. True, true. Uh, I mean, don't don't let Chan, don't let Arby's angels hear you say that his album flopped because you know, even though it kind of came and went from the timeline, I, I didn't see too many men being too sexy after a while so um yeah but yeah i would agree wale's album for me is probably probably the the top one for me or in the top five for this year we gotta start working on that list but what's the cutoff for that i'm sorry i was thinking about that the other day because pretty soon because i mean it's almost the end of the year yeah i mean right now it's no it's like midway through november so i'm like all right so I'm what I'm preparing for is I'm preparing for Kendrick to drop him to drop this year because he's got the Super Bowl in February. So I'm assuming he's going to put out some new music before then. So 
if Kendrick drops at the beginning of December, does he make that list or does he roll over into the next year? You know, so I, I don't know how that how that's gonna work. Like even not even just Kendrick, but like if uh Freddie Gibbs or Pusha T drops an album in December, do they is has their music been out long enough to justify being on a list of music that has been out for a year, or do they have to roll over into next year? And I think it makes it easier to roll over, but I mean, if it's better than anything that's come out, then it's better. Whether it's been out, a but day time, or I mean, does does time matter though? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like time doesn't matter. Greatness is greatness. Greatness <laughs> is timeless. <laughs> I gotta listen to a new Freddie Gibbs, Black Illuminati. Um, he's been snapping. Actually, yeah, Freddie. I just ordered another Freddie Gibbs t-shirt. So his merch is actually pretty cool. So Freddie does what he's supposed to do. <laughs> Freddie does what he's supposed to do on every song. So yeah, shout out to Freddie Gibbs. But anywho, was there anything else we need to cover? Um oh, damn. Like you're supposed so, to read the, the baby and Danny Lee thing or something? Look, what okay. you're you're, expo- you're exposing the production. Damn it. So yeah. All right, so you know, just for the algorithm, just for the algorithm, <laughs> um, the baby and uh, Danny Lay, Lee, Lay, 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 I don't know. I don't know who this person is, but um, apparently there was some, some controversy. So kind of long and short is they were having an argument, possibly broke up, definitely broken up now. Um, pretty much the baby went on IG to disrespect Danny Lay. I guess he said she was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, I guess she is crazy. Apparently, he kicked her and his three-month-old out the house or something like that. Um, some people think it was kind of disrespectful to do that. It, it definitely is disrespectful to kick your child out the house, I guess, if that's what really happened. Um, I guess he was talking shit, but I guess apparently Danny Lay had controversy for making a song called Yellow Bone, where she was alluding to the men wanted light-skinned women i guess uh the lyrics said yellow bones what do you want yellow bone what do you want um but she's like dominican like she's not black she's not like a black dominican or whatever um which is more problematic um but yeah she's I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's going on. I don't know why y'all give the baby so much like attention. Like fuck, fuck the baby. That's like Eric's favorite rapper. Shout out to him. But the baby's been on a run. That's not for anything good. So, but I mean, if you're into that, you know anything about the situation, let me know because I'm I saw it and kept scrolling on my my Twitter feed. So yeah, God bless. But anywho, I think that's all we got. You guys got any shout outs? Hey, man, fuck HBO, fuck Game of Thrones, fuck all that shit, man. I'm tired of the niggas killing all my favorite characters, man. I'm sick of that fucking show. I'm debating on quitting that shit, man. I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it, Game of Thrones. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? That's How dare you? Marcus is the last person on Earth who has not watched Game of Thrones, which it is. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted in everything. Everybody involved in that particular episode that I didn't know was coming. Oh, I, I knew it was coming, but I thought the episode would be titled uh, The Red Wedding. So I was looking for that title and it that's not the title of it. And it just happened to just right in my face. And I'm very distraught and hurt 
And I I don't know why I should keep watching that show anymore because I hate everybody on that show now. I hate everybody. Yeah, that that that's uh Chan was asking what the red wedding was. Like if you watch Game of Thrones, you're gonna figure it out real quick. But that, that's actually good though. Like I like when it happens. Like I like when I think I know what a spoiler is gonna be and then it isn't really what it is. It's not what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. I I knew it was something I knew it was something bad. Like I was like, all right, something bad is gonna happen here. But I was like Oh, I didn't know it was going to be here, like at this moment with these particular characters. Like, you're going to get rid of this, these, these people. They're gone. Like, come on, bro, come on. You can't do it like that. <laughs> like, I was, I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. Still hurt. Yeah, it did caught a lot of people. I couldn't imagine watching that live. I couldn't imagine watching that live and having to wait a whole week to see what's next. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, that's that's kind of the great thing about. <laughs> A lot of the bigger shows, if you can catch on to them before, you know, they get spoiled, you can watch them in real time and have those uh, debates. Uh, crazy talking about that, like uh, like we said last week, like I haven't seen a lot of Insecure talk. I haven't watched a single episode of it because I really don't care. Um, I have watched every episode of it. I'll probably watch it at some point, but it doesn't seem to be anything like intriguing or compelling. Um, I'm hoping that maybe somebody dies at the end. I guess maybe that would be compelling or I'm just saying like that would be like oh shit let me let me watch this but as of right now I haven't seen nothing that's compelled me to watch it but um, maybe one day but as we wrap up I need to get back on my my grind um so I'm rewatching Death Note uh the wife is watching it she likes it um it's a very popular anime um the plot is, in Tokyo, a disaffected high school student named Light Yagami finds the Death Note, a mysterious black notebook that can kill anyone as long as the user knows the target's name and face. Initially terrified of its godlike power, Light uh, considers the possibility of the Death Note's ability to kill high-profile Japanese criminals. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like a thriller-type anime. It's pretty quick. Um, it's only like 36 episodes, but uh, definitely check it out if you're looking for an anime. Um, pretty much keeps you on the edge of your seat. The, the concept that like, yo, I could just write, like this dude is fucking sick. Like, first and foremost, this dude has a problem. Like, yo, it's like, yeah, let me write this person's name in the book and they die. Like, that's kind of fucked up that you would just do that to people. But um it's this legit. It's probably in my top five short animes being under like 100 episodes. So definitely check that out. But anyway, there are any shout outs? I want to go ahead and end the show with a, a special shout out and a special fuck you to Zach Stacy. Um, a video came out earlier in the week of him whipping the shit out of his baby mama in front of his mom. I did not watch that video. It, it, I didn't do it on purpose, but it, it just appeared on the timeline, and I just seen like a woman flying towards the TV, and the TV falling. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" It's just ridiculous. Like at the end of the day, guys, just leave. Like you, you don't have to beat women. You don't have to disrespect them. You just you shouldn't do that. Like, and at the end of the day, I hope whatever time or charges, I hope he's uh, pursued to the maximum for that because that's just ridiculous. Like, it's it's you got this woman in front of your young under year old child, 
trying to protect herself from being hit. You're slinging her around like she's a fucking Annabelle doll or something. Like that—that that was sickening. Like I, I, I just can't believe it. So a special fuck you to, to Zach Stacy. Um, I did want to give a shout out to Young Dolph. Uh, my song of the week. I'm gonna pick two songs this week. Young Dolph Preach, uh, the song that really put him on the map. Make sure y'all check that out. He owns his masters. So everything we stream is going to go directly to, to his wife and his kids and the estate. So definitely hold it down for him. And also, um, like I've been telling people, I've been on this trip to find the best black guitarist. Eddie Hazel is that nigga. We going with California Dreaming from the 1977 album Game, Dames, and Guitar Things. Man, it's, it's a song on here, California Dreaming, and so goes the story. Like, this man is playing at a God-tier level. Like, it, it's, it's just hard to say. Like, it, it is such a groove that you hear from this music, man. I, I couldn't... I couldn't imagine being able to play that well. So um, definitely check out Eddie Hazel if you're interested in uh, alternative or rock music or um, funk music. He was with the Parliament Funk and, and different things like that. So shout out to him. Make sure you check out those two songs for me. Uh, my song of the week is uh, Kate Trinata featuring Thundercat. It's called Be Careful. My song of the week is from Silk Sonic, Blast Off. And I just remembered we cannot end the episode yet because we did not talk about the Spider-Man oh, God. Uh, trailer. <laughs> Fuck. I hate it here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So I, what I've said, my, my conversation about this, and I've said this before on the podcast, is like with Phase 4, I'm not doing what I did in phase three. I'm not researching nothing. I'm not watching the YouTube deep dives. I, I want to be. I want to be surprised with the movies. Like I didn't even really want to see this commercial because all I did was fuel more theories. Because the the big thing that people are kind of, kind of, uh, I guess, desiring to see in the movie is uh, Tobey Maguire and Daniel Garfield as the other Spider Mans from the other Spider Verses or whatever. So now all these theories are coming out. We know Marvel has, you know done things with trailers where they show it's not marvel it's, uh, marvel movies because it's a sony product but um where they do things with the the promo where you see stuff they blank people out or they hide people and my thing is it's like people people wanting to seek out like to know everything it ruins the experience like okay if you know that they're going to be in the movie like it's not going to be exciting or it's not going to be great when it happens like it it takes the fun out of it like just go go watch the fucking movie. If they're in there, great. If they're not, great. It's still it's still gonna be a great movie. But I think people are putting the expectation on the movie that if they're not in the movie, it's not gonna be good. And I've already heard people saying that. Like it would make sense for them to be in the movie just because like if, if the villain showed up in theory, like the Spider-Mans could show up as well. But it I think I think it's still gonna be a great movie regardless, man. Like just go in the movie with an open mind, enjoy it. If they show up, great. If they don't great too like don't put these expectations that the movie cannot be good if your fucking nostalgia heroes of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in the movie like just stop yeah so I, I was talking about this actually I was talking about this with uh 
Fastlane Pain about um, what they're doing with the Spider-Man character. And there's a lot of things like behind the scenes and business-wise between uh, Disney and Sony and Marvel as far as like what they can do, what they can show, what they can say. Um, and they can't, it, they're almost like they're renting him on a year-to-year basis, that character. So they can't really put too much on him in his movies. And that's kind of where I have a not an issue because I loved all of the Spider-Man movies that he's done. But I would like to see Spider-Man take more of a leadership role. And he hasn't done that. In the first Spider-Man, he was falling behind Tony Stark. The second Spider-Man, he was falling behind uh, Mysterio. And in this Spider-Man, it seems like he's going to be following behind Doctor Strange. So it always seems like there's some older male figure that Spider-Man is chasing after or trying to gain respect from or trying to seek guidance from. And it's just like, hey, you're Spider-Man, dog. Like, you've been in, what, this is going to be your fifth movie? You were in Civil War. You have your own, you have three of your own movies. You were in Infinity War and Endgame. You got six movies? Like, you you fought with Thanos. Like, you were in that battle. You're an Avenger. Like, you're a lead. You, you have to be a leader. You have to be someone where when shit goes down, we can call Spider-Man. It's like, hey, Spider-Man, come handle this. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, I can handle this. Like, I'm going to deal with this on my own. I don't need to call Tony Stark. I don't need to call Mysterio. I don't need to call Doctor Strange. I don't need to call. I don't need to ask for Thor to come through. Like, that. I think that matters in the story arc of a character where it's just like you start from somewhere and then you grow from that. Uh, Iron Man as a character wasn't really a leader. He was kind of selfish. He kind of did his own thing. As the movies progressed, he became more of a team player. He decided to kind of help out more, um, be more uh, less selfish, and kind of the same with Captain America, where he, or his character, kind of. I don't. I don't want to get too much into it, but you understand what I'm saying. Like the character has to grow and change and evolve, whether it be negative or positive. Spider-Man's kind of stayed the same throughout his movies, and I would like them to do something with that. Like it can't be another. You know, okay, well, now I gotta follow Doctor Strange, and oh, now I gotta follow the older uh, Spider Mans or the other ones. It's just like, handle your shit, bro. Like, you're the only person here. Handle your shit. But I'm excited for the movie. I'm gonna watch it the day it comes out. I've actually been so busy, I haven't even seen it. Well, you'll you'll be su- surprised. Like when I saw, like I didn't know Jamie Foxx was going to movie. I was excited when I saw him. Okay, thanks trailer. for spoiling. Spoiler! It's like it's public knowledge. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh okay, that's cool. Like Jamie yeah. Foxx's hairline is crisp. I'll tell you that. Oh my god, he got that that Disney money is no joke. <laughs> like I said, we we don't have. It. Being bald in 2021 is a choice. Like, you don't have <laughs> We have technology. Like, <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. It's not even about you. I'm just saying, like, we have technology. I done seen men with, like, sew-ins, like, gluing the shit to the top of their head. You know what? You could, you could have ways. In 10 years, years you're going to be in the club, too, buddy. I ain't going to be in the club. I'm yeah, you are. That shit. I'm paying for all that shit. You ain't paying for nothing. Shit. They, they that plug was very painful, brother. Look. Look, look. I'll see you in like, 10 years. Look, man, I got the little curl. Mm, my jo- mm, look at them coils. Got that 4C popping, dog. We out here. 4C. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'll see you in 10 years, homie. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to have dreadlocks. I don't care. I don't care what you say. I don't, care if you know the fake. I don't care if you know the fake. I'm still going to have it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, does, it, it does not matter. 
Look at me locked that up. plug walk is very painful. Whatever. I'm gonna have dreads one week and waves the next week. Dog. I don't give a fuck. Live my truth. <laughs> Live my truth out here. But um, fucking mirrors. Wow. <laughs> oh shit! I ain't think you heard that. My bad. Fun, fun times. But anywho. Um, oh, real quick, let me let me shout out one more shout out. Shout out to let me make sure I click this. Shout out to um, uh, Peach, Peach Shabazz. I think it's some of um, Tribbles people at Will Work for Films. We follow each other. Well, we'll film for food. Um, she's doing a campaign uh, to fund her movie called Hard. Um, I guess she's a female director. Um, and she has some cool like uh, incentives to kind of fund the movie, which I'm going to uh, support as soon as I get some money because I'm poor. Um, I need that stimmy. I need that part three, four of the stimmy, uh, Joe Button. I need that money. Um, but yeah, so you can pay like $10 for a social media shout out, um, a guest curated hard playlist by the Ox DJ. Shout out to uh, Triples. That perk has been claimed. Um, you can get your name in the credits for $25. Um, you can get a t-shirt for $75 or some sort of merch for $75. A link to the documentary when it drops. Um, you can get ad for your business space, which is probably... Put your pussy on the live! What? Okay. Um, ad space for your business, associate produced for cross uh, for credit, Zoom call the director. You can be an executive producer for $1,000. You could have had a character named after you for fifty dollars, which is pretty cool. Or you can just make a general contribution. So, uh, shout out to Ebony Price. Uh, we we want to see our our, our black uh, directors and, and creatives out here being successful. So again, we we preach uh, supporting black business, black creators. So definitely put your money where your mouth is. Go out and uh, support Ebony Price um, and her movie Hard. I will put the. Link in the descriptions, but yeah, I, I'll definitely support that as soon as I move a couple of these packs out here. So, but anywho, shout out to that J boy, shout out to Chan, shout out to King Quest was in here earlier, he disappeared, but we definitely appreciate y'all coming out weekly. I know we record at a strange time, <laughs> uh, yeah, but we definitely appreciate you guys staying up and and rocking with us. Um, yeah, definitely subscribe. Go check out last week's episode, uh, Taco Meat Music. And uh, we appreciate it. This is KTSC Av. We 